Good evening. It's good to see each one of you here tonight in the Lord's house. I'm glad each one of you are here. Let's stand, please. Stand with me. And let's turn to page number 416. We'll sing the first, the second, and last verse, Living by Faith. Page number 416. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. Let's sing it out on the first. I care not today what tomorrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth o'er everything, and all of my worry is vain. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in His great love. From a Tempest may blow and the storm clouds arise, obscuring the brightness of life. I'm never alarmed at the overcast skies, the master looks on at the strife. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love. From a now the lord will return to this earth some sweet day our troubles will then all be o'er the master so gently will lead us away beyond that blessed heavenly shore living by faith in jesus above trusting Great start tonight. I thought we was going to have to do some hallelujah, 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 amen, to get us uh, alive and well uh, tonight. But it is, I was just looking around on the platform, it is good to be back to normal a little bit, amen. And so thankful that you're here uh, tonight, and I'm uh, looking forward to having uh, Brother Cody Watson. Uh, is going to be preaching again tonight. And then, of course, tomorrow or uh, next Wednesday, uh, Brother Luke Quinlan. And so thankful that we can continue to invest in these young men. Amen. And so uh, do be much in prayer for them. Uh, get behind them. Say amen. Things like that. And certainly pray for them as they go back uh, to Heartland Baptist Bible College here uh, in just a few weeks. But let's pray tonight. Ask the Lord's blessing uh, on our services. I'm going to ask Brother David Griffin if you would pray for us tonight.
uh, tonight, and I did just want to mention a few things. Of course, our young people are at Southwest Baptist Church there in Oklahoma City for the uh, YouthCon uh, youth conference that takes place there and be traveling back Friday, and so would appreciate if you would certainly pray for them, not just for travel mercies, but I also know this, that uh, that, um, that uh, event uh, God has certainly used mightily in the past, and so praying that he would use it uh, mightily to work in the hearts of our uh, young people uh, these uh, next few days. And so be much in prayer uh, for Brother Tim and Miss Anna Quinlan, as well as our missionaries, Brother Jack and Miss Lizzie Parker, that went the old youth director and the new youth director. Amen. And uh, uh, so pray for them uh, through that. Uh, of course, again, I mentioned already, uh, Brother Cody Watson be preaching uh, tonight. And then also wanted to mention this, this coming Sunday, I will be uh, out of town and preaching uh, at Berean Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri for Pastor Jeff Abels. And so Brother Ben uh, Quinlan, uh, that pastors Bible Baptist Church there in Glenwood, Iowa, will be here uh, filling the pulpit, and so he'll be preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. And then, of course, next Wednesday, Brother Luke uh, Quinlan will be preaching, uh, and that'll be kind of wrapping everything up. These guys are getting ready to head back to Heartland, but certainly want to give them some opportunities uh, to preach. Uh, if you were involved in Faith Baptist School, please be aware that August the 10th is the uh, faculty meeting. That'll be on a Thursday at 6 p.m., and so looking forward uh, to that. And then, of course, uh, August the 12th will be our church-wide outreach, and then August the 14th, which is on a Monday, be starting uh, back uh, school. And so it'll be half days, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, that 14th through the 16th, and then the first full day on the 17th. And then also wanted to mention this. Uh, I will also be out of town on Sunday, August the 20th. We'll be taking our son, uh, Luke, to Heartland Baptist Bible College, and we've tried to do this with all of our kids uh, on their first uh, trip uh, to uh, college, uh, to or at least to Heartland, to try to be with them uh, through the opening days and all of that stuff and do all the parent orientation with there and all that. So anyways, we're going to be there. Missionary Jonathan Switzer to South Africa is going to be here uh, and he's going to be preaching in the Sunday morning and Sunday evening service, and you will get a blessing uh, from that. He is a dear, dear uh, friend, him and his family, and a good brother. And so we probably need to try to vote on taking him on for support here sooner or later. Amen. Uh, but I know he will be a blessing uh, to you. And then, of course, the uh, ladies, be aware also there is a ladies meeting August the 22nd, which is on Tuesday, so the summer will be the summer will be ending, and those will be starting uh, back up. And then, of course, uh, Faith Baptist School parent orientation on August the 24th. And then August the 27th will be a linger longer following the evening service. And Brother Dave Hardy is going to be here preaching in the evening uh, service. And then Wednesday, August the 30th, uh, Brother Eric uh, Watson will be preaching. And Lord willing, I will be very full from some kind of pasta in Rome, Italy, all right? Uh, so those are some things uh, coming up, and also wanted to uh, mention uh, this. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet for the Baptist men's recharge in the outer foyer. The recharge, uh, they did have to switch the dates to September the 22nd and 23rd, which is a Friday and a Saturday. And so if any of our men would like to go to that, you do need to sign up by September the 3rd, and it's $70 to stay uh, in a bunk, and it's $130 if you'd like to stay uh, in a hotel. And so we'll, uh, if you have any questions or anything, you can let me know, uh, and uh, we'll certainly work with you on those things. But 
do want to encourage our men uh, to go to that. And then, of course, be much in prayer for October is our fall revival. Uh, Brother Dean Herring this year, October the 8th through the 13th. And so as we get into the month of September, we'll certainly be doing some preparation uh, on that. You weren't ready for all that, amen? So, yeah, you weren't ready. All right. So let's go ahead and take our uh, prayer list out uh, tonight. Uh, you're, some of us are still recovering from vacation Bible school, amen? Uh, but a uh, real blessing. Enjoyed. I enjoyed the week. I hope that you did, amen? All right, let's take your prayer list out tonight. Just wanted to mention a few things, uh, certainly under the health uh, issues. Um, do want to just update you on a few things. Uh, it was good to hear. Uh, do continue to pray for Miss Ginger Sexton. I think most people know uh, she uh, slipped and fell during that uh, storm that uh, was uh, kind of coming through the area and ended up breaking her elbow. Uh, so she did get a report uh, today, I believe it was, that she doesn't have to have surgery but do continue to pray for her as she heals up uh, from that. Certainly pray uh, for Brother Roy McRae uh, with Parkinson's. Also continue to pray for Miss Carolyn Moore. Uh, she is at home. I did, uh, did get to talk with Brother Moore uh, last week it was, and uh, she was able to get back to uh, the uh, uh, Good Samaritan nursing home there. And so she is doing okay from the kidney stone and different things like that. But do continue to pray for her as well as Brother Bob Nugent, Brother Bob Nugent with the, um, uh, the treatment that he's going through with some of the scar tissue, Brother Randy Crawford with MS, also my mom uh, recovering from knee surgery and uh, kind of improving but still uh, battling some things. Also, if you would, pray for Brother John Ellis and his family as they're continuing to search uh, for a home. Also, Miss Beth Kirk uh, with this storm that came through, I think it was Sunday night, uh, had a tree uh, or had some damage to their house from a tree in their yard, and so pray for that situation. And certainly continue to pray for the Hodges family as well as the Sexton family uh, for bereavement. Also wanted to mention, too, you can add our young people to YouthCon and certainly pray for them. And then also two things, if you would, add uh, tonight, and, and one of those is Miss Christy Wisdom is going to be having knee surgery tomorrow. And uh, if you would pray uh, for her, and then also Miss Eleanor Chesney, that's Miss uh, Elaine Hodges' uh, sister, uh, had fallen and broken her hip, uh, had hip surgery, uh, and is recovering from that. She did have a few complications, and so she's back uh, in the hospital here at Olathe. And so, if you would pray uh, for her, any uh, prayer requests or updates or or anything tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer, Brother Raymer. Praise the Lord. Okay. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord, brother. That's a blessing. Okay. So we can take her off as well. Okay. All right. So we can take off Miss Kathy Raymer and also Miss Martha Palmer. So those are both, both good news there. That's a blessing. Anybody else tonight? Okay, Miss Sue. Yes. Good. Okay. Mercy. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's continue to pray for little Matty Owens. So.
All right, Brother Parker. Can you spell that last name for me? Okay. And cancer's come back on her. Okay. And so let's add her on there. Angela Biddle. Absolutely. How is uh, Samoa doing? Okay. I was going to text you today, but I figured you was probably busy, but I wanted to ask about him. So, all right. So, all right. I always think of Pene Fafawina and Samoa when I pray for him. So, okay. Anybody else tonight? Okay, Ms. Sherry? Okay. All right, praise the Lord. I'm sorry. Okay, praise the Lord. So that was Carrie Jacobs. There she is, liver right there. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right, anybody else uh, tonight? Oh, Cody. Yep. Goodness. Okay. All right. So let's remember them in prayer, Pete and Judy Bustamani. Absolutely. Anybody else uh, tonight? Okay, Luke. Okay. Okay, so that's on Tuesday. All right, be praying for that. So I hope it goes okay. Hope you can preach Wednesday night. Hobble around, hop on one foot. If you're young, you can handle it. All right, Brother David Griffin. Okay. Praise the Lord. Good. Okay. Yeah, and that was Justin Laverne, right? Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Praise the Lord. That's a blessing to hear. Appreciate you letting me know that. Anybody else uh, tonight? All right, let's go ahead and have our uh, men uh, come tonight. And, um, you know, I think it's good that we would be able to rejoice in some of these names getting taken off tonight, amen, and that's a real blessing. And so let's make sure to do that, but certainly remember a lot of these that are just battling different things. And uh, I, I know we, I, I know, you, you know, we, we would desire that they would be healed. Sometimes that's not the Lord's will. Sometimes there are other things going on that we don't know, but he does. And so we just need to pray uh, for those things uh, tonight. I'm going to ask Brother Rich uh, Raymer if you'd pray uh, for us tonight. Yes.
Amen. Amen. Certainly what we need to do when we call on Him in prayer. Amen. Trust Him for all of it. Let's go ahead and stand together one last time. Turn to page 377. Page number 377. Set my soul afire, Lord. We'll sing all three verses tonight for our last song together. Page 377. Sing this song like you mean it tonight. Let's sing it out together. Set my soul afire, Lord, for thy holy word. Burn it deep within me. Let thy voice be heard. Millions grope in darkness in this day.
you can sing that and mean that tonight. Amen. Remain standing. Go ahead and get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. Well, I appreciate your patience. I've enjoyed uh, sitting with these uh, young men and, and uh, iron sharpeneth iron. Amen. And, and just kind of working with them through their messages and, and stuff. And so, because, but here's the thing. I don't want it to be just me investing in these men. I want it to be you investing in these men. Amen. Brother Cody, why don't you come and preach, brother? All right, if you would turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 6, please. We'll be looking at verse 33. All right, Judges 6, 33. Then all the Midianites and the Malachites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Bezier was gathered after him, and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, and unto Zebulun, and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. So Gideon is, is gathering men, uh, preparing for this battle coming up in the next chapter. Continuing in verse 36, And Gideon said unto God, if thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the, mor- on the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out in the fleece a bowl full of water. So God did exactly what he had asked. In verse 39, And Gideon said unto God, Let not thy anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. I preached about a month ago, and the last time we were in the, in the book of Judges, in the life of Gideon, uh, we were kind of going over the, the situation that they had gotten themselves into uh, because of their own choices and their pride and things like that, and the bad circumstances they were in, and how Gideon was now called to deliver them out of this bondage. And uh, we kind of went over the confidence that he had and that God was going to be with him. And chapter 6 tells us that God is going to be with him and that God tells him that um, he's going to use Gideon to deliver them. But tonight, we're going to look at, um, he, see, he is seeking more confidence for God. But we're going to be looking at the patience that he has, that even that God has patience with Gideon. And I titled it, Seeking Confirmation with Patience. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for this day, Lord. I just pray that you'd be with me and just call me, Lord, and help me to deliver your word. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> patience is very important in your walk with God because we need to be patient to follow the plan that God uh, has for us. He already has a plan for us. We just have to be patient and wait for God to work and to move and things like that. And... Uh, We'll see tonight that, that Gideon has this patience, but that God also has this patience. And uh, many of you are familiar with Bill Gates. I know he's not a Baptist preacher, 
but he was a very successful man. And this is, this is what he quotes about patience. Patience is the key element in success. And tonight we're going to look how important patience really is. Number one tonight, Gideon's example of patience. We see in verse number 33, this is uh, verse 33 through 35, he is, he is uh, gathering these people uh, all of them, and, and getting them to the same location. And uh, we'll, we'll later know in, ver- in chapter number 7 that this is um, 32,000 people, and God will kind of take that down from number. Um, but that is how many people Gideon gathers uh, to get ready for this battle. But you see, after verse 35, we don't just go straight into a battle. There's this time of of Gideon where he stops and he's seeking more confirmation and making sure that this is God's will and that God is really going to use him to deliver Israel. And that's where we see him asking him um, if, that, if that he's going to save Israel. He's asking him to, to put the water on the fleece and none on the land. <clears throat> and God does exactly that. Gideon is patient because he wants to be in God's will and doesn't want to go out of it. After all, it's God's plan that's going to give them the victory. And Gideon is being patient and waiting on God. We need to be patient and wait on God as well. We have to have patience to wait on God and to follow the path He has for us. But the other thing is, is it's in His timing. We tend to try to force things and maybe pray certain things that, God, if you do this, we can move on. And, but the truth of the matter is, is that God has a plan already has a time for it, and we need to be patient and be ready for that time. Really remember when I surrendered to preach, I was kind of ready to go to college. I was 16 years old, so I really wasn't ready at all. But I didn't want to do two more years of high school because I was just done with school, and I'm going to go to college and do four more years of school. But that would be six now, and so I was really ready to go, but I'm glad I just learned to be patient and just deal with it, you know, junior year and senior year. Because senior year, I really learned a lot of valuable lessons, and one of those is being patient. In my last year of school, senior year, um, I was done with most of my work, and so I, I would help Alicia and, and Colton. I would monitor with them um, almost every single day. And uh, I've heard this growing up, that y- you need to be patient, and that when you get kids, you'll understand what that is. Amen. But I don't have kids, so... That doesn't apply to me until I started trying to teach kids math because it is very frustrating when it, in, a, in a pace that explains it already white and black to how you do math when they raise their flag and ask you what the answer is. Now, what Cody wants to do is just tell them the answer because 2 plus 8 is 10 and it's not that hard. But what they need to learn is to do it right. And what I need to learn is to patiently be with them and to teach them through it. And it, and it was very hard. It was, it was hard for me to, you know, Dad would give me a green pen and trust me, I couldn't write any kid up or give him, you know, demerits to get him in trouble. So that, was, that was the unfortunate part. But I could, I could help them and give them check marks to score and stuff. But I had to learn to be patient when they would raise their flag and ask, you know, for help and things like that. I had to learn to be patient with them because what they needed to learn was math and what I needed to learn was patience. Patience is so important for us to have to follow God's plan 
Because Gideon doesn't just rush into this battle without God. Instead, he seeks God even more. Number two tonight is Gideon's heart in seeking confirmation from God. Gideon is seeking this confirmation from God. In verse number 36 and 37, it kind of goes over that fleece that he puts out and asks God to, to put the water on it and to not put water on the land. And God does exactly that. But we have to understand, um, Gideon's, Gideon was very humble when he was asking God this. He was asking God because he understood that he was a man and, and he was fearful of this battle and things like that. But he was asking God to make it 100% clear to him that this is what he was going to have him to do. If you could turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 16, please. A similar comparison to this is the Pharisees, because they're going to ask God to prove some things as well. But we're going to really compare the hearts of the Pharisee and the Sadducees to the heart of Gideon. 16.1, the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting him. That's a key word, in tempting. Many times throughout the New Testament, they were always trying to trick Jesus and put him in these, in these weird scenarios or instances to try to get Jesus to mess up because they didn't believe he was the one. They didn't believe he was God's son or he was perfect. And so their whole point was to tempt him and to trip him up, to mess him up and to get him to, to sin. But they failed every time. And they tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but ye cannot discern the signs of time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophets of Jonas. You see, the the Pharisees were asking Jesus to prove who he was to them. They were, were, the first issue here is that the Pharisees were unbelieving people. The the Pharisees never believed on Jesus or never believed that he was the Son of God and that their whole purpose was to uh, tempt him and trip him up. But it never worked. But when we compare that to Gideon, Gideon is someone who was a believer. Gideon did believe in God. And Gideon was humble when he came to God. Because Gideon was asking him to confirm things in his life compared to these Pharisees who were just asking him to, to attempt to prove himself. Gideon was trying to confirm the call that he had to deliver Israel. The Pharisees who were unbelieving people, uh, they were just trying to really ultimately lift themselves up because they wanted God to lower himself. And they wanted him to submit to them and prove to them who he really was. That's not at all what, what God does. He, first of all, calls them a wicked and adulterous generation, which is very much the times we live in, because nowadays that's exactly what people are doing. Uh, I think of even people I've known in, in churches and things like that who they really never come. Uh, they're not faithful at all to church. But when times are bad, all of a sudden, that's when they need church the most. And that, well, and it's true, they do, but then they start doing stuff like this. Well, God, if, if you really are God, then answer this problem in my life because of who you are. When the rest of the time, when life's going great, 
They don't care at all. They don't go to church when life's going great because they're out working on Sundays trying to get as much money as they can. Yet then when they lose their job, they're asking God to give them an even better job and prove to who God, who you really are, please give me a better paying job and better hours. And it's sad because that's exactly what Jesus is calling them wicked and adulterous generation because they were seeking after a sign. When really, he goes on to tell them that there is no sign to be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. What is God is saying here is he didn't need to prove himself because he had already done that because Jonas would spend three days in the belly of a well and three nights just like Jesus Christ would spend three nights and three days in the heart of the earth. Uh, this is referring to the tomb and after those three days and three nights he arose and amen for that because he's not in the tomb anymore. The tomb is empty. I think it's cool that you can actually go to Israel and see all this. Uh, right before we left Southwest, uh, the pastor Jason Gaddis there, he and his wife, and I believe like 20 or so members from um, that, the Southwest Church, they actually went to Israel and got to see all these things, the empty tomb and the garden, and, and they got to firsthand witness that area, which would be super cool to do in my lifetime. Um, but they actually did get to go and get to do that. And uh, the tomb is empty. And Jesus is no longer there. He's at the right hand of the Father. But you see, the unbelieving people, just like in their day and our day, they don't believe that. Like atheists, because they don't even believe in God in the first place. They believe other things like um, that the disciples actually stole the body of Christ out of the tomb. And that they, they hid it and they're the ones that have it. But why would that make any sense? If these same people that supposedly did this were the same uh, people who were martyred for, for believing in Jesus Christ. We'll see that uh, these people who were martyred were Peter. Peter was crucified upside down because he refused to be crucified like Christ. James, the brother of John, was killed with the sword. In other words, he was beheaded, which was ordered by King Herod. James, the half-brother of Jesus, was thrown from a tower of the temple. He survived the fall, but then was beaten with clubs to death. Bartholomew was skinned alive. And Matthew was killed. He was stabbed and then um, hacked to death by axes. And they say that these same men that, that went through all this persecution, even, even John... John was never martyred, but he did go through a lot of persecution and things like that. But he would go and be banished to an island of the Isle of Patmos, and uh, that's where he would write Revelation. But all, they're saying that all these people went through all of that for them, that they took the body? That would be a lie. Why would all of these men do that for a lie? Wouldn't they just recant when they were asked, or when they were told, really, that they were going to be put to death, wouldn't they just, wouldn't they admit to it that he wasn't risen and that he really was just taken and, and hid? But he wasn't because Jesus Christ is risen because he is at the right hand of the Father and because the tomb is empty. But you got to see that the difference of Gideon and these people is really their heart of belief and unbelief. Because I even work with someone an unsaved man, and uh, he's, he proclaims to be a Christian and, and goes to church every once in a while, 
but he lives nothing like a Christian. And he even began to ask me why I believe that you know, the Bible is true, why, why Christ isn't in the tomb, why I believe all this stuff. And he even began to say that, after all, it was written by men just like us. Which he's right, it was written by men just like us, but they were under the influence of God. And the Bible was inspired by God. God breathed. And Jesus really did raise from the dead. And I, I tried my best to explain it, but he's an unbelieving man. And so he, f he found every excuse to get away from it. And I, I can't do much more than explain it. But really, he's, he's not going to understand any of it until he's first saved. None of this is going to make sense. Really, the following God's plan for your life, well, it's hard to do that when you don't even know who God is. So really, you need to... You need to be saved in order to even be patient in your walk with God. But number three tonight, the patience of God. We'll see that some key phrases um, in verse 36, Gideon says, um, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, there's one. Then he says this again in 37, I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, there's another one. But yet, even after all this, Gideon's asking God to do another task. And Gideon said unto God, this verse 39, Let not thy anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry upon all the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It's so key because... Gideon was asking God to be patient with him because Gideon was a man and he is going to be fearful and things like that and he is going to struggle but he's asking God to just be patient with him because he's trying to seek and find his will and I love that God is patient with him because instead of verse 40 where we see Gideon getting rebuked rather we see God doing what he asked for again another time I remember even back to my calling. I had really struggled with it. And I was struggling with it here, you know, in the preaching here in the youth group. And I was a youth leader at the time. And I had already been struggling with it. And I was asking God to speak to me. And I would get convicted and things like that. But then I would never do anything about it. But I'm thankful God was patient with me because we would end up going to youth con. And I would ask God to, again, speak to me. And finally I listened. And I ended up surrendering to preach because of the, the, just the message. It was convicting. I surrendered to, to preach and that this was his will. But I'm thankful that God was patient with me because I was the one that was, to, I was choosing to neglect it in the first place and to say no to it. God was speaking to me the whole time, and I just finally listened to him. God was patient with Gideon, too. God, instead of being mad at Gideon... He's patient with him, and he gives Gideon exactly what he needed. And so that's when he answers him in verse 40, and he answers exactly what he said, or what he had asked for. And he did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew all on the ground. Even after this, I think that doesn't stop here. God doesn't stop just being patient with him here, and he, he's ready. I think even afterwards, we'll see in verse when chapter 7, that's when the, the army starts to get 
Uh, God starts to take some of the men away. And surely Gideon wasn't planning on. But they started out with 32,000, but they end up with 300. So that is a lot of men to leave your army right before you're about to go into a battle. And God tells Gideon in chapter 7, verse 9, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered them into thy hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Pura thy servant down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. And then when he downed the earliest servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And so he goes down and he listens to God. And there's these Midianite men have this dream. And in verse number 14, he, in verse 13, he tells the dream to another fellow. And this is what he says. In verse number 14, Gideon's listening to this. And this fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. He's hearing this from the people he's about to attack. Gideon was, was fearful of this battle, especially after going down to 300 people. But again, God is patient with him and gives him exactly what he needed to encourage and to strengthen him. And just like he told him that he was going to be encouraged after he listened, he was encouraged. And... Verse number 15, it says, And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of his dream and the interpretation thereof, that first of all, I want to point this out, that he worshipped, and returned to the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. So there it is. At this point, he knows it's God's will. But I love to point out, when he hears this encouraging note from God, he doesn't just gather the people and they're ready to go. He worships him first. And today we need to do the exact same thing because God is patient with us. And we need to thank God for being patient with us. And we need to worship God. And I'm thankful that that is in that verse and a good point in that verse. Um, Seeking confirmation for the plan God has for you. Just like Gideon sought uh, God to show him that that was really the plan. We need to do the exact same thing. We need to do the same, but we need to remember it's the humility of the heart. Just like it was the humility of the heart of uh, Gideon and him asking God to do these things. Because we need to be humble as well. We're not asking God. We're not lowering him below us like the Pharisees were. And being prideful men like the Pharisees were. Yet we're humbling ourselves and asking God to help us. Remember to be patient and wait for God's timing because it will happen in His timing, not in ours. Just like this battle they're going to go to. It's going to happen when God's ready and God delivers it to them. And it's not because anything Israel did. It's all because of God. But I'm glad that Gideon sets a good example here of being patient and waiting for that. We need to be patient today. We're going to be patient and waiting for God's timing, for God's will. Maybe waiting for, for answered prayer and not putting God on a time clock. Yep. And not praying that God would answer our prayer in the next three hours or so. Because it's God's will. We need to wait for that. Right. 
Please stand tonight with your heads bowed.